And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Monday the 18th. Not far from Christmas Day. We are one week out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, so I'm sitting here reading some of the Babylon Bee headlines. Okay. That are that are of course Christmas related. Clarence the Angel takes Gavin Newsom to Florida to show him what California would look like <laughs> if he had never been born. <laughs> they they are they are they all relate to the holiday spirit in some manner or form. I, I guess so. <laughs> I was right. thinking about the bank scene and It's a Wonderful Life. But if, you know, Hunter and James Biden showed up. <laughs> well, well, come on, Hunter. How much do you really need? I don't know. 1.1 1. 1 million a month. Oh, come on. That's not reasonable. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm getting from the Chinese, so. <laughs> yeah it's been on one of my one of my streaming channels i think it's the lg channels that i have yeah yeah and uh it was it was on and it's like sort of color in color uh, i don't like that version yeah and i don't like it either but yeah. it fooled me at first because they had a dark scene it was a darkened scene, and you couldn't tell that it was color. Right. All of a sudden, yeah. I came back a few minutes later. I'm like, this is the colorized version. You, the, you uh, know, the interesting thing about it is, just mm-hmm. shows the culture we grew up in, how offended I am to see a colorized version right. of something like It's a Wonderful Life. It's like, no, that's got to be in black and white. It's like right. my, my favorite uh a Christmas Carol, the uh, Scrooge, mm-hmm. with Alistair Sim from I think nineteen fifty one. Right, that's yeah. got to be in black and white. It's got to be cold. Yes, cold, and because it does relate a certain yeah. coldness and harshness to it, yeah. which is what the stories 
I think really to have the emotional impact that they have, yeah, it, it's it's got to be that way. If it's color, it's like no, 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 no. It can't be. It can't well, yeah, I mean, version. you know, um, that's it. It. it by the way, it was it was proof at that moment that Ted Turner is evil. Well, now, when he married Jane Fonda, that was... Well, he could still claim defense. <laughs> Don't ask me how. I'm not getting into the details. Uh, okay. okay. But, I, I just like the he, line. <laughs> when, he, when he decided to go to the colorization of movies, because it was horrible. It was horribly done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how it works, but I'm guessing they just use crayons in every frame. Because <laughs> that's what it looks like. Could you use Technicolor? Yeah, some, I don't. <laughs> By the way, that would be a good question. I don't, because I haven't heard anything of it. There was such backlash for that back then. Yeah, well, when did that, was that the 90s that started? Yeah, the 80s? yeah right. The 90s was, yeah. About the time of the Fonda divorce, I think. i'm angry i'm just gonna go in and ruin a bunch of classic movies um but uh, (laughs) that's funny uh, if my life is miserable i'm gonna make everybody's life miserable but i i wonder though um and i don't know that anybody has even brought it up to try it i'm guessing that they could do a lot better job these days you still wouldn't want to but I'm wondering how how good it would look versus what they did back then. It'd be uh, interesting. I mean, our phones. Hey, would you like to take that photo and change it to black and white, or would you like to, you know, take black and white photos with your phone? Like, yeah, I would love to pretend like my camera's forty years old. Sure, why not? <laughs> you know, I I took. We were at a. This when my mom was alive, we went to like this. Uh, oh, it was like a, a farm, and you know mm. they had the animals and everything else, and you could go see it. Right. And I took all the pictures in black and white, and they're some of my favorite pictures. Oh, I love it because our, our grandkids. Show, we've got a lot yeah, of black and white photos because yeah. it it shows uh, myself, my niece and nephew when they were young. Yeah, like, it looks like we're in the old west, <laughs> I, except I except I have my sneakers and shorts on, which well. is a. <laughs> instant giveaway that this wasn't 1850 yeah <laughs> but my parents <laughs> you know some of the old machinery yeah yeah and my parents the way that they were they fit in perfectly i'm yeah. like oh all right. wow all right nice <laughs> i don't think mom was happy when i said wow in the black and white with the old stuff behind you you really fit in <laughs> what does that mean gary exactly uh Let's move on. Now, there's yeah. a lovely thing over here. <laughs> what I meant to say was exactly. um, nothing. I meant to say nothing at all. That was the answer. <laughs> I meant to say nothing. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. 
With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. All right, here's another headline here in the Babylon Bee. All right. Gingerbread House in California listed on Zillow for $1.9 million. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, man. And, and finally, it's a great time. This is a headline in the Babylon Bee. It's a great time to buy a house, says realtor, who gets paid if you buy a home. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, man. That's yeah. Funny, uh, funny stuff. Yeah, they're so great, by the way. That must be a fun job. That must be a great job. Uh, Working at you the know, and, and I've said this before. I was, as a kid, and we were all into it. I mean, we mm-hmm. were all into Mad Magazine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the thing I remember is they they didn't care who you were. They made fun of you. No. When I, when I would, I mean, you just, you were just looking forward to getting that cover, Pete Buttigieg, on the front. And it was just <laughs> every time the stuff inside was so hilarious, so great. Um, it was. No, I mean, it was. And, and but the B love- is doing it every day. They're yeah. cranking out stuff all the time. It's so funny. Oh, they're cranking out a lot more than you ever, because it was the, the magazine came out, what, once a month? Once a month. Yeah. 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 Oh, the Babylon Bee's cranking out the headlines yeah. every day. But I, it actually takes me back. When I read a Babylon Bee headline, I'm like, oh, man, that's as good as a Mad Magazine one that was, you know, way back mm-hmm. 60 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and and so, uh, yeah, I just, I love that. And I always thought, even in Mad Magazine, what a great time it would be to be on that staff. Yeah. And I said the same thing for the, you know, the Babylon Bee, to sit around and, you know, I, I don't know why, but I sit there and I th- Maybe I'm wrong to do so, but I think everybody's sitting around like on TMZ. I think the same thing. Well, I'll say that I've been in a creative situation like that uh, at a point in my career where there were bullpen moments like that. Yeah, you had and you're kind of throwing things around, you know, and, and when you're putting something together. And that's the idea I had in my mind, too. They're sitting around, you know, this open office area and just kind of, you know, Throwing, tossing ideas out, you know, and it's right now so rich. There's so much stuff for them to, you know, jump off of. I'm, I'm waiting because, because now we're on Monday. I'm waiting for one, the, for the Babylon Bee to do on, uh, 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 the Boston mayor, Michelle Wu. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Because she was just think about it, she. she I, I've never. This is how far we've gone, and I and I don't know whether it's the, whether it's because the Ivy League schools, 
are so insistent on their anti-Semitism yeah. and their promotion of genocide of the Jews, right? where you've emboldened people on the left to go, hmm, I'm the mayor of Boston. Let's promote our racist holiday lunches. Yeah, yeah. And then the, and, and and then then the, go, apology, the apology was, oh, sorry that the people that weren't supposed to see it saw it. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Sorry I didn't keep my racism. I apologize that I didn't keep, keep my racism private. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry that you had to see my racism. Now let's go forward. Oh, here's a lunch. All right. It's Friday. Let me put out a picture of our racist lunch. Right. What's next, Michelle Wu? Oh, here's the latest Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. Holiday dinner. Man, I, it's, you know. Let's check out the White Area Nations tanning contest. Right. I was thinking the other day about, you know, things like this, uh, you know, the um, Babylon Bee and everything else. But I was thinking in terms of SNL. You think of the, I, and they yeah. really got hammered over the whole um, uh, Stefanik thing. Yeah, they, they, they weren't looking for humor. No, they were looking to make a point. The humor was only and, one way on that one. And the, and the thing is, is that, you know, so it, it shows you, and we know the mindset of a lot of those, uh, you know, whether it's SNL or, or anywhere else, anyone in in uh, in that setting is their young liberal minds. So that's what they come up with. And they workshop that, you know, throughout the week, by the way. Um, and sometimes things change because of a news event. And then they throw the ideas together and, well, you had a key player that, that backed out of that skit right before airtime. That told you something. But think about it. If it weren't the political pressure from the far left. Now, again, there's inspiration that comes from within, from, you know, anybody who thinks that way on the left that's on that staff. But if they, if they did that in a parody form like the Babylon Bee writing about, you know, a situation like that, right? Mm -hmm. If you, because it's unbelievable, that entire day was unbelievable in the exchanges. Um, and those university presidents, it was just unreal. But imagine they had done that and ma were making a point to that point instead of the opposite. Well, without the 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 radicals and and the mob threats coming after you, the angry mob coming after you at SNL or anywhere else in Hollywood or you know uh, in television writing rooms, what would what would that process look like? How would it change? Well, like I, I did see the Babylon Bee say, uh, Harvard decides to keep its furor. Yeah. You know, so I mean, yeah. I was yeah, like, I okay. think I did see that. Yeah. They, and I did, yeah, right. I, by the way, I did find one. They did do one on the Boston mayor. Mm. Boston mayor hires bouncer to check skin color outside of entrance <laughs> to holiday party. Wow. Let me read the first sentence. On Wednesday, they did this last week, though. Mm, yeah. On Wednesday, a bouncer, especially uh, trained to detect variances in skin color and ethnicity, was appointed by Boston mayor Michelle Wu to keep whites away from a minority only holiday party. And then they had this in quote quotes. Whoa, whoa, buddy! Do I did I do I detect 
Scottish ancestry, the bouncer said as he roughly grabbed white city council member Frank Baker. Look at the sign. No whites allowed. Wow. To aid in his duties, the bouncer reportedly utilized a flashlight, a skin color card. Wow. And has a background in anti-racist studies. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Though white people weren't formally invited, invitations made their way to them by mistake. To maintain the racial integrity of the party, the mayor was forced to use taxpayer funds to hire a bouncer who violently removed anyone with an insufficient amount of melanin in the skin. Oh, my gosh. Look, I'm just doing my job, the bouncer said, speaking on condition of anonymity. I just have a gift of sniffing out white people. It's both a gift and a curse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, see, look, look at, at all the me. thought yes. that goes into writing that. Yeah. You know, I say that must be a fun job. And it is ripe with so many stories and headlines of being able to do that. But, man, you've got they've got they make the point through the comedy the this is the comedy yeah. lives in the absurdity yeah exactly and and part of the absurdity was was her coming out with the picture and then bragging about it two two absurdities no, actually three number 1 doing that yeah number 2 the apology cuz the apology was the thing last week when i saw the headline oh she's apologizing for doing it mm-hmm. yeah, no right. yeah no she, no 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 she was apologizing for sending out the email to all the white people who thought they could come to the lunch and they weren't allowed to come to the holiday party. Right. And so that's what she was sorry. Well, then what's she sorry about? She's sorry that she got caught being a racist. Right. Because why is it a po- If it's right what you're doing, no apology is necessary. But you're apologizing because you couldn't keep your racism private. Right. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. Yep. And then uh, in a in a bizarre way. Right. <laughs> it's absurd. It's so absurd, right? And then when she brought out the picture and put mm. out the picture, here it is. Here's my racist party. What a great time we had. It's just bizarre. Yeah. But that is how bad that's mainstream Democrats right there. Right. There is no right. that's not you can't say that, well that's right. just a rat. That's a mainstream Democrat that's in how a they major think. In a major American city, right. that's how racism, that's how racist and how uh, invested in identity politics they are. Yep. And that's evil, folks. No doubt. 866-90-RED-EYE. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by House Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. When it comes to the makeup of farms in the U.S., most, 97% specifically, are family farms. And most of those, 88%, are small-size family farms. But what is the makeup of production by commodity for farms? USDA economic researcher Catherine Lacey says based on the latest America's Farms and Ranches at a Glass report covering calendar year 2022. Large-scale family farms dominate the production of most commodities, including beef, hogs, cash grains and soybeans, cotton, dairy, and specialty crops. In the remaining two commodities, poultry and eggs, 
and hay, small-family farms and mid-sized family farms dominate the production. As for non-family farms, commodity production value ranges from 5% of all poultry and eggs produced in our nation last year to 19% of all specialty crops produced in 2022. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Loops. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Red Eye Radio, uh, he's Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara coming up following the uh, bottom of uh, the uh, the hour. Uh, Jonathan Turley uh, gives a uh, comment on the Hunter Biden uh, case and talks about Swalwell. Yeah. As he looks yeah. at Swalwell and, and says, you know, he could face possible charges. You and I, the thing that really got us was Korean John Pierre saying, oh, yeah, the president was familiar with what uh, Hunter Biden was going to say, and we're like, Whoa, you and I on Friday breaking that down going, did she actually say the that? The subject of the proceeding the subject, yeah, pe- had contact with a witness. Yeah. Oh, that's a prop. About breaking, what was going on. About breaking the law. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, oh, my God. That's, yeah. You and I couldn't good. believe it. We went, when I first saw that, I said, did I read that wrong? And he goes, no. And then I saw you know, her say it. And then there were two follow-ups because I think the reporters were like, did she actually say that? Right. That the president was familiar? Well, if you're trying to separate it and saying this is about Hunter and Joe is completely different, if if you've been, if that's the propaganda you believe and that if she believes it, did she temporarily forget that they're actually going after the president and not Hunter? I would think so. Otherwise, why do you why, why do you, you mention that at all? You'd never met. You'd never want to tie the two together. Unbelievable. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, you and I had this discussion. We we had it on the air a couple times. We had it off the air. I don't know if it was before the show began or whatever. Mm. But I, we were just saying, if, if you're somebody who's an independent and you want to know where the country is going, I think what you look at is, People that have changed, people that have changed completely what their outlook has been between the two parties, especially those Democrats that have, in essence, left the Democratic Party to become Republican or um, may still be Democrats but are saying they've got huge problems. 
Right. And and some of the people that we've looked at before, because you and I've said it, and I actually got emails from Republicans going, I can't believe you said that, but I thought they're going, we're thinking the same thing. Because you and I talk about the fact that Republicans need to effectively communicate. It's yeah. something that they've been lacking. They have yeah. not effectively communicated. Look, you can communicate to your base. You can't win with your base. you got to communicate to independents. Right. And we look at some of the best communicators out there right now promoting things that the Republican Party strongly believes but does not promote as strongly in the same way. And you're looking at people like Barry Weiss, former New York Times writer and editor. Uh, You look at Matt Taibbi. You look at Matt Schellenberger. You look at Jonathan Turley. You You can look at Dershowitz a little bit. Yeah. Who's done the same thing. Right. But these are all people that have been loyal Democrats, and they are articulating the principles of conservative thought that the Republican Party should be pounding on each and every day. But maybe they view that these people have a tremendous amount of credibility in that area, and, you know, people view them as partisan, so let let these other people go at it. But you think about it, and I think that the best on legal things is Turley. You really can't argue against him if you're somebody on the left. And they really don't. They don't attack. You know, they attack Taibbi. They attack Barry Weiss. They attack Schellenberger. I think they attack them more than they do Jonathan Turley. I don't know why. I, I would think that Jonathan Turley, they would just attack with the normal, you know, he's white, he's racist, whatever. Right. I haven't really heard a lot of that. But he articulates things extremely well. He did yesterday on Fox News Sunday when they were talking about uh, the Hunter Biden case. And, and he was asking, I have this audio coming up here. He was asking, uh, or he was asked whether uh, that whether Hunter uh, should be charged uh, with, uh, not obstruction of justice, but, uh, um, oh, what is it? Uh, oh. Contempt of Congress. Contempt of Congress. Thank you so much. Appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Here we go. Here's part of it. I think he should be. He's in flagrant contempt. This was a valid subpoena, and he went to the Capitol to essentially blow a raspberry at the House. He did it from the Senate side, so the Mm -hmm. the sergeant of arms couldn't pull him in. Uh, But there was no question about it. The, The arguments being made that somehow this was not valid because there was a vote later on impeachment is nonsense. I mean, this was an oversight committee. It was issued under two committees and three different grounds for jurisdiction. The really, to me, the the question is not whether he could be charged with contempt. The answer is most certainly yes. The question is, what do you do with Eric Swalwell? You've got a congressman who arrived with him, facilitated what may be a federal crime, and to defy his own house on a valid subpoena. There you have it right there. The other thing that he's been pounding the last week is the Democrat talking point uh, that, uh, you know, uh, Biden only loved his family and he didn't take any money himself. And he goes, that's the worst argument that Democrats are making, right. that only his family was enriched. And if your family is enriched, then you can't be charged with influence peddling and or bribery if it becomes a you know criminal act that you can't be charged only if you yourself get money. And he goes, I have no idea because they must be desperate for throwing that out because anyone knows that doesn't hold any water in any type of bribery investigation. Yep. Yep. And, you know, look, um, as we have mentioned 
the the flow of money means everything. And now that we see money has gone to Joe, this is going to you know where the where the GOP goes with this in this official proceeding and how this moves on in January. I think it's going to be fairly explosive. I I I I don't know that people are paying attention or considering how the GOP might move on it because and this is considering what they've done up until now. The vote happened right before the Christmas break to make it official. So now they can move. And you've got you know not just Swalwell but as we mentioned earlier, Biden, Joe Biden himself making contact with Hunter oh. or vice versa. But there was communication between the two and they talked about it. We heard that from KJP. Uh, by the way, my, hmm. the I concede the defense right now. Oh, no, she was wrong about that. That wasn't, they didn't talk about it. But they didn't say that yet. They haven't come out. Because you would think, by the way, why hasn't anyone at the White House said, hey, you can't do that. You can't say that. We can't have that out there. And just corrected it without any reporter even asking about it. Why haven't they done that on their own? She was wrong about that. Want to correct something that was said. Uh, that's not what happened. It didn't. If she they, misspoke, whatever. If they did, I didn't see it. Right. And I would have think I thought that would have made the conservative, news especially Conser- conservatives right. would have brought it out. I would think right. Turley would bring it up or somebody. Because that, blew, you know, that will, I think Turley did bring that up. I mean, but that blew our mind. Right. That, ab- that absolutely blew our mind when when Corrine Jean-Pierre said that and the reporters picked up on it. Right. Right. Well, we, well, well I mean, I guess my, my point on Turley would be I didn't see anywhere where they the white house corrected it no no because no. turley no. would have certainly commented on that well she didn't even because when they asked her afterwards you know you said that the the president knew about it what did the president help write it i don't know anything about it i don't know anything about it i don't know anything mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. and there was a point where i think she realized what she did that she opened the door and as we explained you know the democrats have been so passionate about saying this is all about Hunter, none of it's about Joe, where you start wondering <laughs> the George Costanza line, <laughs> it's not a lie yeah. if you believe it. Right, exactly. But, yeah. but there's they were been so insisting, going, it's all about Hunter, none of it's about Joe, Joe just loved his kid, and his kid ripped him off. Yeah. Well, you saw with the now the 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 other uh, influence peddling from that what Louisiana businessman for uh, one of the brothers, right? That came out over the uh, the weekend. We have stated, well, no, actually, it was uh, the you you saw a number of schemes, not only Hunter Biden but the brothers of Joe Biden, that then they took the money and put it through the funnel of of bank accounts and LLCs and funneled the money, you know, all all to the entire family. And so unless the family didn't question, why are we getting hundreds of thousands of dollars, which we believe they would, mm-hmm. that everybody, the fallback position for the media and Democrats is everybody in the Biden family was ripping off Joe. Joe loved everybody. He had no idea. They were all going to foreign governments and foreign entities and and people that 
that that hate us, our adversaries, and his own family was saying, our father can do all this stuff for you if you give us tens of millions of dollars. Right. And little old Joe had no idea what was going on, and they're all laughing and ne- not doing anything. They're never delivering anything from Joe, but for a period of like 12 years, they were able to convince governments time, time and time again to give them millions of dollars mm-hmm. and never deliver and deliver anything from Joe and then enrich the entire family except for Joe. And Joe just loved them and they all screwed him over completely. Poor Joe. Poor Joe. They were all involved in the corruption. It's amazing because I wish a Republican would come out and state that exactly as we do to some Democrats' face to see the response because right. they try to make it just Hunter and Joe. That's it. Hunter was acting separately and completely, and he was a complete drug addict. And forget about the timeline. If the timeline doesn't fit that exactly, we don't care. We're still going to stick with that. But when Corrine Jean-Pierre came out and said, no, the president was familiar with what he was going to say, it means the president was knew then that he was going to break the law. Mm-hmm. Well, remember, the target is not Hunter Biden. The target's Joe. Yeah. And so Joe is the subject. Joe is the Joe is the target. He's the subject of everything. They're not going after Hunter. They're going after Joe. And Kareem Jean-Pierre admits that they've been in communication about an illegal act that Hunter Biden was going to commit that leads right to his father. Right. That was mind-boggling. <laughs> and still hasn't been corrected. No. From as what far I know, as we still know, has not been corrected. No, because you'd have to come out and say, "No, no, he had no idea what. Yeah, he, someone's going to do." They, they, they talk about everything except for that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not may not be believable, but you say it, right? And then I saw this here, New York Post editorial. This came out at seven o'clock last night. I missed it, and I said, "Wow, nobody else really talked about the deal that they may be trying to make." Uh, in the, you know, with the Senate and the White House on immigration or the border. And they have what the editorial board, what on earth was a congressional GOP thinking? Reports indicate the White House and Republicans in Congress are at work on a deal that would uh, tighten border security in exchange for okay aid to Ukraine. And that a major bone of contention is whether to trigger, uh, to set a trigger point for uh, expedited migrant removals when illegal crossings hit 3,000 or 5,000 a day. Mm. Huh? If Washington can tell border agents to stop waving in illegals when the total hits some arbitrary threshold, then it can tell them to do that from the jump. Mm. In other words, by dickering over just how many illegal migrants can come through in each day before the door slams shut, the Biden administration has at long last said the quiet part out loud. The law doesn't actually require treating the word asylum as a magic open sesame. Yes, the border can be closed. It's open because Biden opted to appease the left wing of the Democratic Party, which wants open borders, however it can get them. Look, the law says every illegal entrant must be detained until final determination of their status. All the evidence indicates the vast majority 
do not have legitimate asylum claims. GOP efforts to compromise here in order to reduce the overall time would endorse the plainly illegal policy that the Biden administration adopted on day one of the administration. And even the 3,000 in a day trigger would still add more than 1 million to the country per year, people without employment, shelter, or any other key resources. We hope that that died last week when Republicans came up with it and made the press. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that's gone for good. And they understand the number is zero. It did seem like with the letter that those senator Republican senators wrote to their leadership, that that is a concern. Right. Even though they didn't mention it, they want this thing stopped and not to be discussed till everybody gets back in January. Yeah. They want open transparency and not the so-called secret negotiations that are going on yep. now. Right. Eight six six ninety red eye Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Everybody feeling good, huh? Getting ready? I'm feeling pretty good. Everybody get their shopping done? Uh, you know, here's the thing. I We don't do a lot of shopping now. I don't do a lot of shopping. Neither do I. And But even back when I did, I would have it out of the way because the final week, I like to just, if, if something just, you know, pops up in my mind, hey, I want to do this for the grandkids. Just mm-hmm. something small, not, nothing big because I'm uh, I'm real cheap. But, you know, that kind of approach just, you know, you know what? That's my last minute running around is that, all right, if I'm out and about and I think of something, all right, hey, maybe they'll like this and grab them something, you know. Now, and see, there's a rule for me when I go back, and everybody mm. knows it. Mm. The only one that doesn't abide by it is my younger sister. Uh-huh. Don't give me anything Yeah. because I have to take it back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I don't yeah. check baggage. I haven't checked yeah. baggage in over yeah. 10 years. Right. I'm not checking exactly. <laughs> no, that's a that's a great point. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we're getting nothing for Gary. <laughs> Yay! Exactly. <laughs> this is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> 
Those Weekend Golf Guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.